Welcome to the Palmetto Street Church of God message podcast. We pray that you are inspired by today's message, and we hope that you share and subscribe to this podcast so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can go forth and reach many people in our world today. Enjoy the message. But I do have a lot of scripture. I do apologize for that. Um, uh, me, and, uh, me and Becky talked earlier, and I, I cut some of it out to kind of help some, but it's Psalms 51. So if you have that in your Bible, it, what I read will be on the screen, but, but take the time to, to read that whole chapter. That's an important, important chapter. I know for me in my, in my early walk with Christ, this was, this was my go-to. I mean, this, this is what got me through when I struggled, when I, when, I was a, when I was afraid, when I thought I was a failure, when I, when I thought I couldn't make it as a Christian. This is what got me through, and unfortunately, as time goes, you get more and more comfortable and, uh, and, and more and more secure, you begin to lose the simple things. And this is a simple word that God has for us. It's, it's David writing to God, and it says this, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. And it goes on, it says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. So, in my early walk, um, when I was stumbling and fall, this this was where I went. You know, this was where I went. And I still find myself today even even praying from this scripture. Simple phrases that that I've just kind of burned into my head. But over time, I felt like maybe I lost uh, the importance of this scripture, the importance of receiving forgiveness from God. And I think in this story, David, David is at that place. David is a mighty, mighty man of God, king, warrior, uh, anointed by God, placed on the throne by God, and so many great things God has done through him. And here he is at this moment that he has to write this psalm about forgiveness. And most of you know the story, but I, I'll kind of give a, a quick Real quick overview of, of what's taking place in David's life when he writes this. David is the king, um, and he is, he's at his palace in the middle of the night, and for whatever reason, he strolls out on the roof. You know, um, he's looking out over the kingdom, and he sees this lady, and so he inquires as to who she is. And uh, his, his, his people tell him that's Bathsheba. She is Uriah's wife, which is one of your warriors. And uh, Uriah was with the other warriors. They were at battle. They were, they were in a war, in a great battle. And so he sends for Bathsheba to come to the palace. Um, there they, they have an affair, and there's a child. And so he is stuck now trying to figure out, what am I going to do? And so he goes into the mode that many of us do when we mess up. How do I fix it? You know, what can I do to fix this? So he goes into fixing mode. And so now he's like, well... I can send for Uriah to come back from the battle, to give me an update on the war. That will give an excuse for him to come back. He will come home, stay with his wife, and I'll be out of trouble. 
What he didn't count on was Uriah was a man of honor. And he refused to go home to his family. He instead slept outside uh, because of the men that were still in battle. So his next thought was, okay, I can get him drunk, and he won't know what he did. But that still didn't work. So now he goes to his third option, which is to send Uriah back into the heat of the battle in hopes that Uriah will be killed. And, and that's what happens. Uriah is killed in battle, and he takes Bathsheba to be his wife. And, and so we find this story, and, you know, when you read this and, and, and you read the story of David, and I'm like, man, how did he fall so fast and so hard how did that happen how does that happen in our life how does it happen when we're serving God and we're living for God and and doing the right things and all of a sudden we fall so great we have to remind ourselves that the enemy's always at the gate there's always a lion that needs to be slain right outside of our door and so so David is David is here and he's he's at this place in his in his life and um, and and, and he, he's taken this other man's wife and sent this other man to his his death but but David, as a king, he also has people that help him, people that guide him and lead him, and people that, that speak truth. One of, the, one of the, the best compliments I ever received when, uh, when I was promoted at my job uh, before this was, was the chief said, I need you to be honest with me when we're in the room together. I need you to be honest. Tell me the truth when we're together. But when we leave the room, I need you to be on my side. He said, I need you to be honest with me when we're together. So when we have our meetings, he's, he wanted honesty, but when we left, we had to be unified. Um, and, and so that's so important. So David had someone like this, had Nathan. Nathan was a prophet assigned by God to, to help, to help uh, David. And, and Nathan comes to him and tells him this story, a parable, if you will. He says, there, there are two men in the city. One's a rich man, one's a poor man. The rich man has a lot of flocks and a lot of herds. The poor man has one lamb, one lamb, but he loves the lamb. Lamb is like family, it's like his pet, stays in the home, eats from the table, it, it's, it's like his child, like some of your dogs, like my dog, you know, he, he's, he's part of the family, he's, he's family, and uh, stays in the air conditioner, he's watching my TV right now, <laughs> right now, he's watching TV, um, and so, but that part's important. How he loved that lamb, how, how much he cared for that lamb. And, and, the, and the, the rich man had someone come to him and wanted a lamb for, for a meal. And instead of using one of his hundreds or thousands of lambs, he took the poor man's lamb. And so Nathan is telling this story to David. And David rises up, as surely as this man lives, he should die. He should die. And David says, you're that man. You're that man. And, and when I read that and when I, when I thought about that, that word, I was like, man, that is so strong. That's so strong in the story of, of a great man of God who's, who's fallen. It's got to be one of the saddest stories in the Bible. It's so tragic and affects David's kingdom and his rule and his legacy. But as a result, we today have this psalm about forgiveness that we can go to, that we can read, and we can understand the meaning and the power of God's forgiveness of our sin. I think so many times... We underestimate that. You know, we don't, we don't understand how great his forgiveness is. But David taught us three things. First thing is we have to face it. There comes a moment in our life, a moment in time, when we have to face our sin head on. We have to face it. And in this story, I pictured when I was, when I was reading it, I, I pictured uh, Nathan saying these things to him. It was, like, it was almost like Shannon was yelling at me about something. You know, you know when Jessica yells at you. And you just sit there, and it goes in one ear and out the other ear. Just like that. 
That's what I was thinking. That's what I was picturing. But no, David, David is there, and Nathan begins to tell him the story, and it hits David when he says, you're that man. David takes that moment. He comes face-to-face with the sin that he's committed. He comes face-to-face with the moment that he chose sin over God. He comes face-to-face with that moment, and he begins to contemplate what's going on. He begins to contemplate what he's done. And then Nathan adds to it. He begins to tell him what God said. God said, I gave you this kingdom. I gave you this, this palace. I gave you the wives. I gave you everything, and you still want more. You still want more. That's not enough. You still want more. And while he's yelling, David is sitting there, and he's contemplating what's happened. He's facing his sin. And I, and I can see it so clear. Nathan's yelling, and David is just sitting there, and the words are going in, and they're, they're twirling around in his head, and he's contemplating everything that he's done. He's just sitting there thinking about it, sitting there thinking about it. And that's us. We have to come to that moment where we realize what we've done. And some of us, it's a, it's a rough moment. It's a rough moment. I remember so vividly the, the moment I chose to follow Jesus Christ. Everything happening is like I could see everything all at one time. It was so powerful. And, and, and then I remember as a Christian falling short of what God wanted me to do, trying to live a Christian life uh, in ministry here at church and making mistakes, um, not handling things right, not, not doing the right thing when I had the opportunity, making these mistakes. And, and I would try to work through them, but I was always worried God is not going to use me. He's not going to do what he said he was going to do through me. Because I made this mistake. We get so caught up in that. Here's David. Nathan rubs the, the story in too. He's, you know, he's like, the lamb is like his pet. The lamb stays in the house, sleeps with him, eats from the table. He gives this vivid description of how God views our sin. No matter how we view it, God still takes it very personal. It's very personal. I love how he described the lamb. He made it personal. Like you didn't just take his lamb. You took part of his family. You, know, you took part of his family. And he makes it so perfect. Per, um, personal. When David gets so upset, he said, the man should die. And Nathan reminds him, you're the man. You're the man. In that moment, David faces his sin. In that moment, he has to realize what he's doing. In that moment, he says, I have sinned against the Lord. He realized what he's done. I think a lot of times in our life, we, we, miss, we miss that. You know, we, we, we want to work right through it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. But he sinned against the Lord against the Lord. The Lord was the victim. And we have to understand there comes a moment when we accept that we've sinned, we accept that we've fallen short, we accept that our righteousness has filthy rags, and it doesn't matter who we are. The story, David is a king that's big giants and wild animals and been appointed and led by God to the palace. And he wasn't just some random guy. This guy was important in the kingdom of heaven. He was important. And, and so we have to understand it happens to all of us. It doesn't matter where we are in Christ. It doesn't matter what's going on in our life. We have a moment where we have to see that we've fallen short of what God wants us to do. We have to face that moment in order to move forward. Second thing is we must confess it. John, our first John 1 says this, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We're lying to ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. When we, when we look at ourselves, we don't see the things that we've done wrong. We're lying to ourselves, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Everything. Everything. That is not too great for God. And I think we forget that so many times. It's, it's not too great for God, but we have to face it. We have to confess it. But this is where I, I struggle sometimes. We don't always have, well, we have to confess to others, but we have to go to God first. 
You know, I have to go to God first. God is the keeper of my soul. He's the keeper of my soul. If I would have done what David did, there's no forgiveness right here. You know, it's not going to happen. There's no forgiveness right here. So, when I, if I did that and, and received no forgiveness from man, then that makes me view my life as unforgivable. It makes me view my sin as unforgivable because I went to the wrong source. I have to go to God first. God alone forgives sin. He restores my soul. He makes me right with him in heaven. Now, I'm going to have to pay. Lord knows I'm going to have to pay. I'm going to have to pay. I'm going to have to pay. But he's the one that forgives. He's the one that restores my soul. We're not free. We're not exempt from the, the consequences of sin. You still have to face that. But he forgives your soul. And it doesn't matter what you've done. And I think so many times we look at our lives and, and we judge it by what other people think. We judge it by what someone else thinks. I can't forgive him. I don't want him to be my friend anymore. I'm going to block him on Facebook. I'm going to do all this. And you think that's how God does. God is not blocking you. God loves you, and he wants to forgive you, and he wants to be Lord of your life. But we have to confess it to him. We have to go to him. We have to spend that moment in time and go to him. God says, against you and you only. David says, against you and you only have I sinned. David understood that. We need to understand that God comes first. He wasn't saying he didn't hurt others, but he was saying that God forgives and God restores. There would be consequences for David, severe consequences, but his soul was restored. He stayed in his place. God still used him. God still blessed him, and God still anointed him to do his business. Psalm reminds me of who I am today. It's a vivid reminder that I'm not perfect. It's a vivid reminder that I need to go to him. It's a vivid reminder that when I make a mistake, there's a place that I can go and receive forgiveness and receive grace. It reminds me that I'm a sinner, that I'm saved by grace, and that I will always struggle with sin. There will always be a lion ready to devour me. But there's a place in God that I can run to and receive grace and forgiveness to go and do what God has asked me to do. Third thing is this, we have to accept forgiveness. And this is what I wrote. And, uh, and I hope you can kind of understand it. I'm just going to read exactly what I wrote, and I'll talk about it a little bit. I mean, I wrote it everything. I included this last point just because I feel like many of us struggle with accepting forgiveness for whatever reason. And when I wrote that last phrase, for whatever reason, I felt like it belittled your reason. You know, for whatever reason. That's, that's kind of how I pictured it when I wrote it. And, and that's not what I mean when I say for whatever reason. Your reason is valid. Your reason is significant because your reason, when you feel like that, when you feel like whatever you've done separated you from God so greatly that you can't be forgiven or you can't be restored, that's the very reason you need to run to an altar. That's the very reason you need to run to God in prayer. That's the very reason you need to ask for forgiveness. The Holy Spirit touching you and prompting you and, and, and ministering to you. That's why we go to God. So, so it's not for whatever reason, like it's flippant, like it's nothing important. It's very significant in your life. It's very significant. Whatever you're dealing with is very significant. So don't think lightly of your reason. When you have that reason, when you have that, that thought in your mind, I, I can't do it, I can't make it, I'm not forgivable. God loves you. God forgives you. David committed murder. Murder. And he was still forgiven. He was still forgiven, and God still used him. There's nothing you can do to separate you from the love of God. Nothing, nothing that we can do. His forgiveness and his love for us knows no limits. The Bible says there's nothing we can do and no place we can go to escape his love. David says in verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. 
These, O oh God, you will not despise. The broken spirit is that moment when David or when Nathan said, You're that man. That broke David's spirit. David realized what he'd done and he, faced, he had to face what he had done. It broke his spirit. A lot of us have been in a place where somebody says something or somebody does something and it breaks us. That's where David was, I believe, at that moment. It broke him because he knew what God had done and then he realized what he had done. He'd sinned against God and it broke his spirit. The next thing it says is a broken and contrite heart. You know, when you have to apologize to somebody, that's humbling. You know, that's, that's a humbling moment when you have to tell someone you're sorry for what you've done. And when you go to God and say, God, you've anointed me and used me and forgiven me so many times, and here I am again. That's a broken heart. It's a broken moment in your life when you go to God, and that's what God is looking for. He's not looking for sacrifice. He's looking for you to be broken so that he can repair it, so that he can fix it, so that he can anoint it, and that he can do it. But so many times we miss this part. We don't go to God in the right moment, and we don't go to God with the right heart. And then David tells us, these things, O oh God, you will not despise. The Bible never shows us perfect people for us to admire and worship. They're not in there. It's always people that struggle. It's always real people. You know, that's what I love. David's a real, real person. That's what I love about it. Abraham, all those great men, they were real. They had struggles. They had things that they, that they, they had problems with. People fail. People struggle with sin. People that are not perfect. People that struggle with doubt and with confidence. Those are the people that God lifts up in the Bible so that we can see that he can still use us and still anoint us no matter where we are in God. He can still use us. It gives us hope. It gives us hope. We read about the great heroes in the Bible, and they all struggled, but they kept moving forward. God helped David learn from his mistakes, and God wants to help us as well. There's nothing that we can do that God can't forgive. And I want you to stand with me real quick as we close. Um, I just want to share a story. So two weeks ago, I'm in the office, and, and I told you earlier, I'm trying to figure this out. Okay, I've got to preach in two weeks. I got zip. I mean nothing. Not even a thought is in my mind. It's completely empty, which is normal for me. So, so I, I, I'm, you know, just going about my day. I'm coming into the building. There's, a, there's an older gentleman from church here. Uh, it's coming out. And uh, somebody I, I love and respect. Um, been uh, a faithful member and, and a volunteer here for, for many years, many different ministries. As long as I've been here, he's been here. Um, he was coming out, and I was going in, so I, our cars are in different places. I, I walked towards him to just say, hey. And uh, he said he was wanting to speak to the pastor. The pastor wasn't, wasn't here. And, um, and so we just, in our conversation, I felt like he wanted to talk, you know. So I said, well, come in. We'll talk. And so we went into my office, and um, remember now, this is, this is a, a man of God, a man I, I admire greatly, man of faith, man of prayer. And, um, and so... We're in my office, and I could tell he's real emotional. Um, and he said, um, I just wanted to tell you I had to confess to God. And um, I was, you know, a little taken back. I was like, okay. He said, um, he said I just had to confess my sins to God. I, I just had to confess. I had to tell somebody what I had done. And so I'm waiting to hear what he had done. You know, I'm, what, what is it? You know, what in the world could you confess to and um, he said nothing. I just wanted to confess. And 
And I thought about it, and he's emotional. Now, he's serious and emotional about this. And, and immediately I remembered this chapter. And immediately I remembered the emotions I would feel when I read it. You know, and there's, this was a man of God telling me I just needed to confess. I didn't do anything. I just felt like I needed to confess all my sin. I felt like I needed to be right. I felt like I needed to go to God. And so we began to talk, and, and, and we're talking, and I'll be honest with you, my mind was, was a thousand different places, you know, trying to, trying to just focus on what he was saying, but also really listen to what he was saying. Because I felt like it was a word, you know, for us, for me. Um, we can't forget about confessing. We can't forget about this moment. It doesn't have to be to me or Pastor Neil or anybody like that, but you have to take a moment with God. You have to take a moment with God and surrender everything to Him. You, you can't hold on to it. You can't hold, the, the, the weight is too heavy. The burden is too heavy. And so many times we hold on to it. So many times we look at forgiveness through someone else's eyes. You know, we look at it. You know, this person doesn't like me anymore, so I'm, I'm not worthy. But God loves you. God still wants to use you. God still wants to use you. It's, it's, you're not defined by people. We're defined by God. We're loved by God. No matter where we are, you may be a sinner in need of forgiveness today. You may be a strong Christian that needs to spend a moment with God. You may be serving God for a long time but need to confess, need to go in prayer. You may be struggling with some certain sin, something specific that causes you to stumble, causes you to fall. Maybe you're far away from God. Maybe something's happened in your life that's made you feel like you can't trust God or you can't, you can't be used by God. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe you're lost. Maybe you're a child of God, but you need grace and forgiveness. Maybe there's something in your life that has caused a wall between you and God. You don't know what it is. Or you don't know how it even got there, but it's there. And you feel separated from God. Whatever it is, God is here today to restore it. God is here today to give you that forgiveness, give you that grace, show you that love and mercy. No matter where you are, He is ready to forgive, and His forgiveness has no limits. David said, Restore the joy of my salvation. Uphold me by your righteousness. Then I will teach sinners, and they will be saved. They will be saved. David said, Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, and I will sing loud your praises, your forgiveness. Your forgiveness that you receive from God is essential to others receiving that same grace, the same mercy. It's vital. It's vital to our faith that we operate in the forgiveness of God. So accept it today. Don't worry about anyone else, but accept what God wants to do in your life today. Amen? So no matter where you are, when we pray, if you need forgiveness, ask God. Tell God about it. If you need to come to the altar, we'll pray with you. No matter where you are, though, God's grace, God's power, God's mercy is able to forgive you no matter what it is. Amen? Father, we love you today. God, you've burdened my heart with this word, God, and I, and I pray, God, that, that I did it justice because your words are so beautiful, God. They're so powerful, God. David is such an eloquent author, God, and we just give, give you praise for that, for speaking into him. God, but today I pray that you'll help us understand what you were trying to say, what you were trying to do in his life. God, we're not perfect. We were never made to be perfect. God, we were made to serve you, God. We have to fight through things sometimes. We have to fight through the sin in our life. We have to fight through the enemy. We have to fight through the, the gates of hell that try to hold us back, God. We have to fight through that to get into your presence, God, and receive what you want to do in our life. God, so no matter where we are, no matter where we find ourselves, no matter if we are lost in sin, God, or we're faithfully serving you, no matter where we are, 
God, give us the power and the authority, God, Lord, to go to you, God, and to receive forgiveness, receive grace, receive mercy. God, but receive it, God, for the most important reason, God, that those around us will see the power of the Lord. God knows no limits. God, and it shows forgiveness. It shows grace. gives us mercy, God, in our worst times. God, we give you all the praise for that. God, continue to use us. God, and bless us. God, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you are inspired by today's message. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and to follow us on our social media. If you would like to give to this ministry, visit us at pscog.org. Stay safe and have an incredible day in Jesus' name.